0: Let us take a moment to pray before we think about God's word. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be true and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In the last few weeks, we've watched or read much about local, national and international government. As our politicians seek to respond to coronavirus, we saw tensions mount between representatives in Manchester and Westminster. And in less than 10 days, we will know whether the United States has a new president or not. Looking in upon both these scenarios and even our own issues of government here in Falkirk and Scotland, we may well agree with Winston Churchill, who famously said, Democracy is the worst form of government, except for all those other forms that we have tried from time to time. In every era of history, humanity has tried various forms of government, but none are perfect, and none can be, none can be because they're made up of human beings and we are not perfect. There is darkness to all our souls, a selfishness, a brokenness. And so we find ourselves looking out upon a world and see this brokenness played out before us on an international scale. With such horror and brutality and evil, that human trafficking... And other injustices continue in our day. We may ask, what is there to be done? Is there any hope? Does God care? But God has not been silent. For the scriptures never dodge the darkness in our world. Even in our own lives. For through the Bible, we're helped to see that the darkness of our world is not the only or the fundamental reality of things. The darkness is not all of the story. It is not the end of the story. There is more to come. There can be hope. There is hope. In our passage today, We are at the end of a portion in which God has been trying to persuade Israel to put their trust in Him. Yet they have not listened. They have rejected God's ways. And so now find themselves surrounded, overtaken even by the Assyrian army. Darkness appears to be on all sides. And yet despite Israel's rejection, despite their lack of trust... God, in his grace, draws near once more and brings a message of hope. A message that the story is not finished. The story will not end in darkness, for there is hope of a future king and his kingdom. We read today, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace in the midst of darkness comes light And Isaiah is so sure of it coming about that his words speak of it as if it has already happened. For to us a child is born. Yet this child will be no ordinary king, for the first three names designate divinity. Wonderful counselor speaks of one who can work wonders and whose wisdom is far above any human's. And so this individual is described in Hebrew terms which convey a supernatural quality. No wonder then that this future king is described as mighty God, a mighty warrior who leads the hosts of heaven. And yet he is also everlasting father. For he loves with such perfect and parental love. This is no ordinary child but it is a human child nonetheless, as confirmed for us by the title Prince of Peace, where prince is always used in the scriptures of human leaders. Through Isaiah, God brings a message of hope, that the story is not ending here, the darkness will not prevail, for the odds will be overcome by this future king. Indeed, that is why we read here in the reference of verse 4 to Midian, which points us back to the book of Judges. At that time, Israel once more was surrounded by a vast multitude of the enemy, swarming over the land, and yet the Lord defeats this foe with a mere 300 individuals, led by the trembling Gideon. Israel felt powerless at that time. Israel thought the darkness would win out, but the Lord brought a different ending. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, the Lord broke the rod and broke the bar. Isaiah is saying the same thing will happen through this child, that the odds will be overcome, there is good news, there is hope, the story does not end here, and the Lord will turn our darkness into light, our conflict into peace, our loss into abundance, and our despair into joy. And he will do this in the coming of a child, a child who who is no mere human being, a child who would then grow up and one day begin to fulfill these words of prophecy such that we read in the book of Matthew, Jesus went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. In the person of Jesus, this prophecy began to be fulfilled. The king had come, and so his kingdom was breaking into this world. It had come near. As as we read through the four gospels of the New Testament, we see signs of God's kingdom breaking in. We see signs of the one who is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. He came with power to work wonders. He came with wisdom and teaching that has lasted the ages. He came revealing the love of God in his life and most powerfully in his death. Jesus was this promised king. The king who ensured that the story would not end in darkness, but that light had dawned and yet this Jesus is not dead. He is not a myth or a child's story or a relic of history, but he is the living one, everlasting. For he was raised to life and he will return to bring the fullness of the kingdom into reality. I wonder, friends, do you know this Jesus? Do you know this living King? Because without faith in him, Without relationship with him, all we are left with are the worst forms of government that we as a species have tried from time to time. But Jesus came saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Darkness does not need to be our only or fundamental reality. For in Jesus there is hope. He is our living King. And one day, one day, his kingdom will be all that there is. Hallelujah. Now, Isaiah's prophecy also gives us some details of that kingdom. For we read today, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. There are some very key words in this verse. Peace, for example, is the Hebrew word shalom, referring to a well-being or wholeness which impacts all of an individual's life and all life between individuals. In that future kingdom where shalom exists, all things are whole, healthy and complete. The experience of shalom will be spiritual, physical, psychological and social. It should be no surprise then that in the next sentence we read that this king will uphold his kingdom with justice, mishpat, and righteousness, zedekah. Tim Keller in his book On Generous Justice argues that when we see these two words close to one another, as in this verse, then the best English expression of our time to convey its meaning could be Social justice. If that's accurate, then the hope of this future king and the hope of his future kingdom brings a message that darkness will not prevail, that the darkness of human trafficking will not prevail, that there will be right relationship between God and humanity, and so that will flow out to have right relationship across humanity, from one to another, and rather than treat one another as commodities or as slaves, there will be social justice. But is it all just future? Is all we have to offer simply a message of a future hope? Well, Jesus said, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's kingdom, this kingdom which will have peace and social justice, we are to pray for this kingdom to come in greater measure in our day, that on earth we would see the kingdom of God. But is all we have to offer a prayer? Well, I don't think so. Because as we said about prayer in our last series, and the Lord's Prayer in particular, part of prayer is about changing us. As we focus on God, as we understand more of his kingdom, and pray and yearn for this, then we change. And more often than not, we are then the answer to this prayer. For we realise that we are to embody his character and ways. And so we must live differently. So yes, let's pray thy kingdom come. But we better get ready, church. We better get ready to be the answer to that prayer as well. For through you, God might do a work of bringing justice upon the earth. Friends, this Halloween... Let us replace darkness with light. Let us scrap the costume and take up justice. Let us forget the stories of witches or mummies and superheroes and instead be a people who say that darkness is not the end of the story, that there is hope, there is good news of a king, his kingdom is breaking into this world, and so we will stand alongside the oppressed. For our God and his kingdom is one of justice and of light. May it be so. Amen.